It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBD PM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. As someone who often struggles to get the sleep, this is something I, I'm very excited to getting to try, and everyone I know, Evan has tried it, and he said he loves CBD PM. To make it even easier to get your new year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code MBA at checkout. Again, that's cbdmd.com promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Empty to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in Okoro, and Okoro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Joining me now is the great Greg Schwartz of Blue Report. Greg, did you know that you got a shout out on the No Dunks podcast today for your article about uh, Drummond trades? I I did not know that. Was it a good shout out or a bad one? No, they cited it and they they like particularly liked your Dallas idea. Oh, good. Yeah, I had a I had two potential, um, and we'll get into them later, I'm sure. But we had two potential Dallas playing a part in Andre Drummond trade. One where they get him. And one where they facilitate a deal for them. So um, either way, I think they they would make sense. So Greg, we obviously have the. We're going to talk about drum and trade options. We're going to talk about another piece you did about potential uh, players the Cavs could trade for, as well as the whole league. And you you cited some interesting forwards that we will dive into. But we, there's a little more drum and fallout. I think we kind of need to get into here. Well, actually, first, uh, just so people know, if you you didn't hear this yet, the Cleveland Cavaliers had a game postponed uh, Wednesday. They were supposed to play the Spurs. The Spurs are having a coronavirus 
outbreak, so that game is off. That was supposed to be Wednesday, 8 p.m. in Cleveland. For about, what, 30 minutes or so, it looked like the Cavs are going to be off until Sunday. Now they're going to play Denver in Cleveland on Friday after the Nuggets also had a game canceled due to their opponent having a coronavirus issue. Uh, Greg, you know, obviously these games are going to happen. I think, you know, you just kind of take things as they go in a season like this. But did you have any kind of reaction to that when you kind of saw all this, kind of all this play out on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just how the season's going to go. Um, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing for the Cavs to get a game postponed at this point with, you know, the, how they're bleeding internally. So um, it, it kind of stinks that we have to play the Nuggets again after how that last game went, I'd, I'd rather play the Spurs, not that the Spurs are, you know, an easy opponent this year anyways, but um, I, I think it's just going to be, a, 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 you know, get what you can games in for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's. I, I think that whole situation is just weird. I, I think the Cavs desperately need a little bit of time off to just kind of get healthy a little bit and just kind of I think it's in practices frankly um that that is just something I think they desperately kind of need just some integration time and just to settle down that road trip is absolutely brutal for them and I I think they need time just to kind of like figure it out like they're they're, Greg there's very little positive coming out of that road trip I mean obviously it ended in Golden State they lose 129 to 98 to Golden State um and, and Evan, I mean, Greg, I mean, excuse me, the biggest thing kind of coming out of that game was the comments from Draymond Green. Green gives a, a pretty unprompted statement um, in reaction to the Cavs sitting on Drew Drummond um, as, uh, until they find him a trade or they buy him out. Um, this is the, 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 you can find the full quote. It's pretty simple. It, it's calling out the double standard. The, the, the lead of it is, and it's the treatment of players in this league saying something that really bothers him. To watch Andrew Drummond before the game sit on the sidelines and go to the back and to come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him, it's bullshit. So, Greg, I mostly agree with what Draymond Green is saying here because I do think there is a double standard. I do think the players, like, like the Blake Griffin thing is the extreme example, but it's like, okay, like you can sign these contracts, these teams can promise you the world, then they can trade you to a city you, you didn't really have any agency in picking. That said, I think the Drummond like thing is weird to me because part of the reason we got here is because he's not been playing hard for several weeks. I don't think that if you ask Draymond Green, like what he thought about guys not playing hard, um, when like this stuff happens, I'm not sure he would totally condone that. And number two, I think that Andre Drummond, like, like it, it, he has agency in this by all accounts, and, and my understanding of it, and reporting from Woj and Windy and all the all people with higher levels of sourcing, they he, he and his agency Excel Sports were basically like, okay, we're gonna not risk injury, we're gonna like. Let him sit in and work as it worked itself out. I think like this wasn't just like the Cavs sh- shelving him. I think this is Andre Drummond like kind of having a a, hand, a very big hand in his own fate here by all accounts. Um, but what did you make about what what Draymond had to say? Did it did it cause spark any thoughts to your brain? Did you have any uh, kind of reaction to it? I, I think I agree. Yeah, I hate to say that I agree with Draymond Green um, and anything, but I think he made some good points. He's um, going to be great on TV. The, I just want to say that I want him to. I, I want him to be like on TNT when he retires. He'll we, we would be better. We would be better off for if for sure. if he gets a job where he can actually like talk about the game and like not like do what the, the a lot of the shows do now. I think we'd all be a better basketball fans for it. Frankly, proceed. No, I I, I agree. Um, uh, the one thing I would say is I don't think he has all the information of the situation. I don't think this was just the Cavaliers. 
you know, saying, hey, we're going to bench you until we can trade you. I, I think there had to been some mutual, um, you know, uh, it was reported that, you know, there this was a, an agreement between um, his agent, Jeff Schwartz, uh, the Cavaliers, Drummond himself. Like, I think this was kind of a mutual decision that we're going to, you know, we're going to look for a trade partner for you. Um, and, and I think obviously Drummond probably knew that was coming at some point when they traded for Jared Allen, right? Like when they, when they acquired Jared Allen, uh, he knew that, okay, I, I'm not going to re-sign with this team. I might make it to the end of the season, you know, with them, but I, I you know, I'm, there's a good chance I'm going to get traded too. I'm clearly not their guy moving forward. And, you know, maybe he knew that in the off season when, you know, they, they had contract negotiations and neither side got close and, you know, they, they had those extension talks already. Um, so I, I think the writing was kind of already in the wall and I think this was a mutual decision, you know, between, like I said, player agent team. So I don't think this was just the Cavaliers coming out and saying, uh, we're, we're going to bench you and you have no say in this. And now we're going to try to trade you. I don't think that was the case. And I think that's kind of how Draymond's comments made it sound to be like the Cavaliers were the bad guy in this. I, I think this was a mutual decision kind of all around. Yeah, I, I don't get the vibe at all that this was just a Cavs-only thing. I Again, I think you're right, I think. And look, again, I, I think if Andre Drummond had, like, looked at this differently, and I, I can't, like, necessarily be, be like, sh- totally shame him for, like, being frustrated by the situation because the Cavs, like, basically went out and, like, traded for the younger version, younger replacement for him, like, in season after he was pretty instrumental in the team's success. Like, I can't imagine that feels good. And I don't know how that was communicated, like, behind the scenes, right? Like, I don't know if, like, Kobe was like, hey, like, this is what we're doing and, and whatever. Like, there, there's a lot of sort of, like, that kind of stuff we don't know. And I would I would love to see what Andre has to say about it. Um, if and, But the Cavs are you – know, he's almost certainly not going to speak to the media via the Cavs directly. No, um, no we, we – the next time he speaks to the media will be when on whatever team he plays on next or if like he gets in he, he arranges an interview kind of outside the Cavs parameters out loud like Jimmy Butler or whatever but um I, I think if he had like like just again if he doesn't like not play hard for the last several weeks this is a little bit of a different conversation because you can watch him and you can watch and again the Cavs have given him more of an offensive role than he's ever had in his career this season like they've given him the ball to like almost a detriment of their offense I would argue like he's been given a lot to do and still was when Jared Allen came in and they tried I think every version that they could to kind of make things work while they were both still here and it just like I I think to an extent he stopped kind of trying hard and I think again like I I sympathize with that I hope he can go somewhere and find some success and 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 get a big next contract or whatever is in the future. And Obi finds things well. This isn't like a personal demeaning thing against Andre Drummond. I just think like he clearly was not playing very hard the last couple weeks. And that's kind of like, to me, like that, that has to be part of this, right? Like I understand like the double standards. I I'm very pro player more than I am pro billionaire owners. But if you're not going to like play hard when you're making a ton of money and like you can, you can't, you're not, you're choosing not to control what you can control. I think that's kind of whack. I think that's weird. Well, I, I, I think, you know, one of the reasons Drummond got off to such a great start with the Cavs is, you know, he, he had to get touches by default, right? I mean, we didn't have, you know, Darius Garland for a while, Colin Sexton missed some time. I mean, you looked at those roster on some nights. I mean, it, it was tough to watch. And you you needed him, you know, to take 15 or 20 shots a game to have a chance. And, you know, now that guys start coming back, Darius Garland comes back, Colin Sexton comes back, and you, you finally start getting, 
you know, all your pieces, you, you add in Jared Allen and he needs, you know, a couple touches as well. Um, now all of a sudden it's like, well, Drummond, we don't, we don't want you taking those, those 15 shots a game anymore. And, you know, this season he has a, a usage rate over 30%. That's the highest of his career. You, you don't want, you know, any center outside of, you know, maybe Jokic or Embiid with a, with a usage percentage that high, especially not Andre Drummond, especially not a center, you know, with a true shooting percentage of 50%. Uh, that's, that's, that's not good. So, um, you know, if, if a guy is going to take that many shots and he's not going to play hard, um, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, you could point to him and say, well, that's, that's, that's your fault too. This isn't just a, uh, you know, a, a Cavs problem as, as Draymond Green kind of made it sound out to be, but, um, you know, best of luck to Andre Drummond in the future. And, um, you know, obviously his time with the Cavaliers is, is essentially over. Again, the Cavs do weird stuff. They're not a faultless organization. I, th- I think they're, again, weird in a lot of ways. But um, I, I think this is one time where, like, shitting on them is, is not the smartest thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV. Greg Schwartz, for example, is a big better on The Bachelor. Don't He's not going to express his bets, but I can guarantee you he's betting a lot on The Bachelor right now. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. And we're covering everything you need to know about the Cleveland Cavaliers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Greg Schwartz with me here after that little word from our sponsors. Greg, I'm going to let you pick. Do you want to talk about Andre Drummond trades or do you want to talk about other trades? What do you want to do? I mean, we, we're kind of on the Drummond train right now, so let's let's just finish that up. All right, so, so of the ones you concocted, which one is your favorite? Which of the ones do you think would make most sense for the Cleveland Cavaliers to do if it's actually on the table? All right, yeah, so I, I put together, and, you know, I've kind of been, you know, ever since – we got Andre Drummond. <laughs> we were trying to figure out, okay, what trade makes to set him back out, especially since they trade for Jared Allen. It's like, all right, you know, what what can we get for him? Um, what teams 
you know, can match roughly $28 million, at least 23. I think we have to take back at least $23 million in salary to, to make the money work. Um, you know, keeping in mind, we got a, a, we only had to give up a 2023 bad second round pick and, you know, two expiring contracts for guys that are in the league. So obviously the return is not going to be great. Um, the only advantages um, that I see that, you know, we look at Drummond and we say, okay, well, he could be, if he, in the right role, he could still be a really good player, right? He could, he's still a, a dominant rebounder. He's fairly athletic. He's 27. He's in his prime. You know, his, his contract expires, so it's not like a Kevin Love, Blake Griffin deal where, where you have to pay him past the season. Um, so I kind of looked at Drummond as, okay, he's, he's a player, but he's also, for teams that are looking to clear cap space, $28.8 million of expiring salary has to be attractive to teams. The only the only other contract that I can think of that's remotely like that is Otto Porter Jr. for the Bulls, who makes over $28 million and ex- is an expiring deal. We know free agency isn't what we originally thought it would be, but you know, for teams that are kind of on the borderline of cap space and they want to make a run, you know, let's say a Victor Oladipo and Mike Conley at Kyle Lowry at John Collins at Larry Markin. If they want to make a, a run at any of these guys, they're going to need at least a little bit of cap space. So um, kind of the one that I, I thought might make sense that would get the Cavaliers at least a couple second round picks is Andre Drummond would go to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Cavs would take back Dwight Powell, James Johnson, and would get the Dallas Mavericks draft picks, second round draft picks in 2021 and 2022. Um and basically one of those second round picks would be for Drummond, the player. And one of those second round picks would be for taking on the contract of, of Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is, is scheduled to make $11 million next year, uh, $11.2 million the year after that. Um, he's coming off an Achilles injury and just has not been the same player. So I kind of looked at it as um, Dallas is the team that ranks 27th this year in rebounding percentage. Um, even with Chris Porzingis getting him back, they've actually been 29th, uh, 47.5%. So they're one of the worst rebounding teams in, in the entire NBA. Um, and Porzingis is a guy I don't think who particularly enjoys playing center. I think he'd rather be the, the floor spacing power forward type. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that would make sense. Um, Dallas has clearly struggled this year. They're, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, you know, they, they obviously love big name centers. Uh, Mark Cuban does in Dallas, so maybe that would make sense. Um, we would get Powell back. Powell would essentially be our backup center, and you know he'd be kind of like a, a, one of the veterans on the team. Um, he's one of the best people in the NBA, and he'd be a great teammate to have. And you, you don't expect him to play like he did pre Achilles, but if he can give you you know 15 minutes off the bench of decent defense and, and rebounding, and you know is a, a decent enough shooter uh, to be a backup to Jared Allen. That That's a win. And you pay him $11 million and yes, he's overpaid, but that contract's not terrible. James Johnson is an expiring deal. You probably buy him out right away. That's $15 million that just makes the money work. And you, you get a second-round pick this year, which you didn't have before, and you get a second-round pick um, the year after. Dallas, you get Drummond you know, for half a season. You see if it works. If it doesn't, at the very least, you have $11 million extra in cap space that you can make a run at a guy like Victor Oladipo, who I, I think if you're Dallas, you're, you're really looking for a third star 
especially after all the injuries to Porzingis. So, so that's the trade that I think would net them the most draft capital. They would have to take on, you know, a guy making $11 million, which I, I, isn't terrible. And, you know, if you have to move that deal, you probably can. Um, so that's one that I thought would make sense. Uh, the only one that I had that would net the Cavs a first round pick, um, and, and it would be a good first round pick. Again, we're, we're not getting a lot back for Drummond. Um, I, I don't think we're going to do that. Um, Sham Sharani of the Athletics says that uh, reported that the Cavs and the Raptors were engaged in active talks involving Drummond. That's the closest rumor we've seen to a team really being interested in Drummond. Um, Toronto with Aaron Baines this season, who's been absolutely terrible for them. Uh, clearly, they, they took a big hit at the center position with, with Serge Ibaka and Marcus Hall leaving in free agency. So the other one that I liked the best there, is, and the only way that you know I thought the Cavs might get a first-round pickback was um, at a three-team trade, the Toronto Raptors would receive Andre Drummond. Uh, the, the Denver Nuggets would be a, a third team in this. They would get uh, four players from the, the Raptors, none of their core players, but it would be Norman Powell would be the best um, player that they would get. It would be immediately get upgraded over Gary Harris for them. They get Aaron Baines to play the backup center role behind Nikola uh, or Jokic. Um, they get Stanley Johnson. They get Patrick McCaw to make the money work. The Cavaliers would have to take back Gary Harris, which um, he's not a terrible player. He's a good defender, but he's just not the player that we thought he was going to be three years ago when he was averaging 17 points per game and shooting 40% from three. You know, he's basically a guy that's going to give you 10 points and shoot 33% and play good defense. And he's probably destined to be a backup in the league. Um, and then the Cavs would get the 2021 first round pick lottery protected from Denver. So we'd be sending out Drummond. We get a first round pick, but you have to get Harris and pay him $20 million for next year too. So it's kind of a question of, you know, are you okay with Drummond leaving and, and all you're getting, you know, if you buy him out or if you trade him for expiring contracts, do you value the cap space or would you rather get, you know, an asset back in a player like Harris who again is overpaid, but maybe you get some draft capital. So I, there's no trade out there that you're going to be thrilled with if you're a Cavs fan and, and you're trading Andre Drummond. So I, I don't think we should set our expectations too high. Um, but those were two that kind of stuck out to me that maybe you, you get the most draft capital back. But again, you, you'd have to take on a contract in the process. I think if I were Kobe, Kobe Altman, I would go, I would prefer the Dallas option because number one, I think like I'm, I'm intrigued by Gary Harris still. But there's like a lot of mounting injury issues and stuff that it makes me a little bit concerned, and I think that is troubling. Um, he has another; he's dealing or was dealing with another core injury, you know, pretty recently, and that's been a listening to Lockdown Nuggets and, and reading about the Nuggets like that's been a big concern with with where he's at the last couple of seasons. So that that concerns me a little bit. Um, I I like taking a run on Powell, it would fit kind of the Dante Exum injured good player bet, and then, you know, you can aggregate that salary again. I would even do that deal, Greg, if you could get one second round pick back. I think that, I honestly just don't expect the value for Drummond to be there because look what it was last year. Um, when he was playing better and was, you know, not playing quite as lazily necessarily. Like, he... He was he was got for a second what one or two second round picks I think I can't even remember at this point but like second round picks and then like two players that are out of the league at this point. Right. 
like there's just not going to be a lot in return for Drummond, and I think you're very right in assessing that. I I think I think I would prefer the Dallas one. I wonder if they want to do that, but I do like the idea of like you do this, and it's like secretly just a sneaky way to create cap flexibility. I don't like like love that for Drummond, and I wonder what he if he like how you kind of navigate that with him um, because like they've if you know like how do him and Rick Carlisle get along would just be fascinating to me because Drummond <clears throat> doesn't strike me as like a Carlisle guy. Um, but I, I would be fascinated by like them doing that. I think that would be kind of an interesting roster building decision to kind of bet on having a little more money, especially if like Josh Richardson opts out of his contract and like then you have like all these kind of money things and, and when you hit the gas pedal when you traded for Porzingis. So that'd be interesting. I think the other team that I would be intrigued by is the Knicks. Um making a playoff push. I, he you know, he kind of fits the Tibbs center defensive system, even if he's not like anything close to like prime Joakim Noah wasn't at Nittleful or anything. But if you could get just like Frankie Smokes and like maybe a, a second and like the, the, the salaries to match on expirings, I would be into that too. That That's the other one where I'm like kind of more into this. I The Toronto one is just, it feels so complicated for what it would offer Toronto that I don't know if they, if that, if that's easy to do unless you get a third team involved to kind of move some other pieces into there to like replace what they would lose in Norm because Norm has been really good. And I think in a vacuum, Norm is probably more valuable than Drummond. Well, I, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm saying, you know, if, if that's what Shams reported that, you know, the Raptors were most engaged, I mean, you I look up and down that roster yeah, and they, it's like, who else do you match salary with? No, 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 no. It's the only way it's like, there's the one way to do it. And I'm just saying, I think that's the calculus. And from talking to people about it, I, I think of that, like there, there have been times where like, it might've been more likely. And there are times where Norm has played really well that you're just like, okay, like, dude, is it worth doing this for, for, for Andre Drummond? Like, I, I think that's open questions. And I think, again, whatever situation you go into, it's a similar calculus to the, what the Cavs had to make is like, can you get him to buy in and can you kind of maximize him? I, I think that's a, a question every team should probably ask itself as they do this. I, I think that's probably an unanswerable thing in a lot of ways, but it's something I think you have to do. Well, I, you mentioned the Knicks and, you know, they, the Knicks were in the rumors last year for potentially trading for Drummond. The Hawks were in there. Eventually, you know, they nobody wanted to give up a first. So, you know, they... they... Do you remember, Do you remember like, there was the leak that, like, Trey Young was, like, good friends with Andrew Drummond, and that's why, that like, they wanted him? And I was like, okay, this is... <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is and then they ended up getting Clint Capella, and he's, he's been pretty good for him now that he's played. But, um, so, I, I put New York as one of the destinations in, in my article just because Mitchell Robinson's out for the next four to six weeks, um, uh, fractured right hand. So they have Nerlens Noel, but they don't have a lot of depth at the center position. Um, Knicks fans absolutely hated this trade. <laughs> I heard about it very, uh, very often on Twitter that they hated my trade proposal, which was basically Andre Drummond uh, would go to the Knicks. The Knicks would also get uh, a second round pick this year from Dallas. Dallas would get a lot of the contracts back from the Knicks because if it was just Cleveland and New York, you'd have to compile like four players basically to come back to Cleveland in that deal. And a lot of them don't make sense. Like is Alec Burks coming to the Cavaliers again? That doesn't make any sense. Bring um, him home. You know, you play him coming home. You mentioned Frank Nilkina. Sure. Like I, that's fine. Um, if we want to take, he's 21 still, which is amazing. I feel like he's been in the league for, you know, like seven years and he's 21. Um, or maybe he's 22, but he's still very young. And uh, and then Reggie Bullock was a guy. So I, I was like, okay, well, what team needs shooting in there? And, you know, I mentioned Dallas was uh, 28th in, or 29th in rebounding. Um, 
I got to find the stat on here. Okay, Dallas is 25th overall in three-point shooting as well. <laughs> Dallas has a lot of needs. So I said, okay, if you send Drummond to the Knicks, uh, the Knicks send Alec Burks, Frank Nilakina, Reggie Bullock to the Mavericks. Now they got some shooters. They got a backcourt defender in Nilakina. Um, basically, the Cavs would get Kevin Knox, who isn't good. I'm not going to say he's good, but he's still young. And then they get a 2024 second round pick from Dallas. And then they get that James Johnson contract, which again would probably be a buyout. Um, you know, I, I, Knicks fans hated it. Uh, I could see New York doing it because obviously they're, they want to make the playoffs. You don't trade for Derrick Rose, you know, on an expiring contract if you're not going all in for the playoffs. Um, and I said, Mitchell Robinson, you know, looking at his rebounding, you know, with him in the game, they're grabbing 53.6% of all rebounds when he's on the court, when he's off the court, they're grabbing 48.3. You know, those are numbers that would rank, you know, near the top of the league when he's on near the bottom of the league when he's off. So if they want to stay in that mix and have a guy that can still grab rebounds, you you get Drummond and you're getting a second round pick for Neil Kina, who you don't play Kevin Knox, who you don't play. And then Burks and, and Reggie Bullock are both free agents after this year. So, you know, a lot of a lot of Knicks fans hated that trade. I thought it was not bad. I understand you're losing some shooting, but you know, if you want to make up for the loss of Mitchell Robinson, um, and you need a guy that can rebound, you know, Drummond could be your guy. And then, like I said, there's no there's no salary commitment past this year. This isn't you know the Cavs trading for Drummond and oh we're, we might have to pay him twenty million dollars next year. There's no salary commitment. So I I know New York obviously has struck out with their cap space in recent years, but. You know, finally, they look like a competent organization. So having that cap space, that's that's not a bad thing. No, I, I definitely I, I, I think there I think there will ultimately be a market for him. I just don't again, like I I've had some friends text me like fake trades. And I'm just like, you got to like tone these down. Yeah. You got to like you got to like dial these back and like understand that it's not going to be perfect. But another sponsor here as we take our next break and the it's Bill Bar. Obviously, if you've been listening to Lockdown Cavs. You know all about Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. They even sent uh, an- another new bar, the Bilt Bar Crisp, in the mail today, and I cannot wait to try it. I will be letting you guys know the next time we have an ad read what I thought of the Bilt Bar Crisp, and I'm very sure it's going to be excellent. It's peanut butter, I'm sure it's going to be bomb. They have a bunch of great flavors, including cookies and cream, cherry barcia, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. They're all good. Can't really go wrong, and they're covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are great for the health-conscious guy to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Um, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Uh, cookies and cream, for example, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. You can't really beat this protein bar. Right now, get a free code with purchase. That's while supplies last. And go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And I want to let you know about the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Greg, last segment here. We're going to talk about some trades, and I specifically just want to talk about Laurie Markkinen because he has been Because you hate a... Laurie Markkinen. Well, I wouldn't say I hate Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> I am a skeptic. Well, that's fine. I am a, a, a skeptic, and here's why. I'm, I, I look at him, and I consider what he is, and I consider what he's been, and I look at that he's heading into restricted free agency, and you're, you're basically like trading for him. If you're going to trade for him and give up what I would kind of assume it would take, it's going to cost you some money. And it's going to cost you some picks. And you're going to have to like really commit ahead of time um, for for him to do this. And I think that that's what troubles me about this. I'm also a little bit unsure of how good he actually is. I watch games, and you like see him getting guarded by wings, and he's a four. And it's like, okay, like if teams are comfortable putting like a three, even like slightly smaller threes on him, like that that's a little bit concerning. That said, I get the appeal of like this this big guy who can shoot. It could be your long term answer at the four. You know, you know, theoretically, I, th- I think there's still a, a chance that Kevin Love, you know, gets moved on at some point. I think ultimately, I think he and the organization would like to find a, an amicable breakup in some way. I think that's just kind of they need him to play well though for that to happen. But Markinen's like an interesting piece. It's like you were going to slide him in there and and can you rebuild? It would allow you to spend. Um, you know, I, I think where your bigger needs are on with your with your high pick next year, whether that's Cade, whether that's somebody else, um, I, I think he's interesting. I, I I don't love him, he's, but he's twenty three, seven foot, two forty, like has really good size, all that stuff. Um, you know, rates out as like an average shooter, um, not not a particularly open guy in Chicago, like according to our friends at Bebel Index. Like, there's a lot of underlying stuff where I wonder if like he gets a change of scenery and it like looks a little bit better. Really, primarily a pick and pop big. I, I I get it. I guess I'm just skeptical of like how much it would cost. And like I like whereas like if you give Jared Allen, who you just traded for too, the the Clint Capella contract, I'm pretty good with that. I don't really have like concerns with that. But if you're gonna give like a bigger contract to Markinen, I'm a little less enthused about about that kind of roster building decision. If I'm if I'm evaluating that. Yeah. So there's a couple of factors that would come into play. Number one, do you still have Kevin Love? Because if you still have Kevin Love and you're paying Kevin Love $30 million a year, then, yeah, you're probably out on marketing because you still have Larry Nance Jr., who is, is an important piece to your team and somebody you want to keep around and, and obviously get minutes to. And he's his best position is obviously the four, and that's where you want to keep him at. And Markkinen's a four as well. Um, the I was I was worried about Markkinen. So this is his fourth year. Um, you know, for, for people that, you know, aren't familiar with his numbers, his game, whatever, he's averaging 19.1 points. 6.1 rebounds, uh, career best 51.4% from the field, 39.6% from three. He's making 40% of his catch and shoot threes, which I think is is important. And it, it's obviously good to have floor spacing when you have you know guards like Sexton and, and Garland that need that open court to penetrate. Um, I was worried about him after last year because his numbers went down and he had a really good first two years in the league. His, his sophomore year, he's averaging 18.7 points and it seemed like Boylan just kind of came in and destroyed a lot of these guys' careers and stunted their growth. So I was a little worried af- about him after year three. Um, year four, you get Billy Donovan in there, who you know is a respected head coach. Um, we've obviously we saw what a great job he did last year with Oklahoma City and some of the young guys that developed there. Um, so for his numbers to kind of trend back in the right direction, uh, 
that's an encouraging sign. Um, his shot selection, he's taken a lot less shots in the mid range. Uh, it's primarily by the rim or from the three point line. Uh, over half his shots are threes. And like I said, he's hitting 40% on his catch and shoots checks out for me. Um, he's shooting 80% from zero to three feet. Um, so he's, he's a pretty good finisher when he's at the rim. He doesn't have a great post game. He's not, like you said, he, he can be defended by wings. He's not going to bully people in the post or whatever, but it is 2021. Nobody plays in the post anyways. So if you can get him, Greg, you and I have had this conversation via text, but it's like, I still want to have a big that can like maximize that in some way. Like, I think you, I think that is like, like, I think you can make it work. Like, I, I think you can. Like, Larry is not a great post-up guy. No. Like, he's just not. Kevin even, like, doesn't have a great historically um, great, you know, finishing rate near the rim. Like, it, it's a thing that you can still be a good NBA player. But I think depending on the cost, that's where, like, that's one of the things where, like, if you get marking in, I'm a little, like, this is where, like, if I'm Kobe, I'm like, okay, this is why I can't give you this extra, like, one or two million dollars. It's the swing stuff in terms of how much you can ultimately pay. All right. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me give you a situation. All right. Bulls call you. They say, okay, we'll give you Laurie. We want Jetty Osman. We want a 2022 top 10 protected first round pick. And Laurie will re-sign with you for that, like, Demonis Sabonis, uh, Miles Turner contract where you're, you have to pay him 17 to $18 million a year for the next four years. He will sign that contract. Um, and that you're, we're giving... And we're asking for Jetty. We're asking for uh, a first round pick next year, top 10 protected. And, you know, hopefully if you're if you're a good organization, uh, you're still going to keep that pick because you're not going to be one of the 10 worst teams. And the lottery's not going to, you know, hopefully take a bad bounce in your favor. But would you do that trade, especially if you thought you could move off Kevin Love's deal? Is this so? This is not the 2021 pick. This is the 2022. Right. Pick. You still have your first round pick this year. The Bulls, let's just say 2022 top 10 protected first and Jetty Osmond. Would you do that? No, because I think I'd want top 15 protected. And I think if you're giving him the Turner Sabonis contract, you're betting on like any of these second contracts are betting on like upward potential. And I do think Jetty like is probably going to get moved by the deadline. That's just a little hunch that I have. I, I think he's kind of on the outs here. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of out on Jetty in a way that I have not been in a long time. He's kind of become like a opposite of what I thought he was going to be. Um, and it's just not totally working out for him, but that that's a little much for what I think marketing is and what he could be like, should he ask for that? Yeah. He should. Every player should get as much money as they possibly can. They should not be worrying about cap sheets for teams. That is not their responsibility. But if if you're giving him that, like, do, you, do you, I don't see a future where he becomes like what Sabonis is doing or like all defensive team, maybe one of the best couple of defensive centers in the league, like Miles Turner level, what he's been this year. I don't know if that's a market in his future. So like, if you could get him for a little bit less than that, I'm I'm more in. But that much is a little. A little dicey because remember the Colin Sexton extension is coming up. The Darius Garland extension is not that far off. Like, like the Kevin Porter Jr. him being gone means there's like one less big contract kind of like potential big contract looming out there. But like you have deals coming due, um, and you got to plan precisely about that. And like again, like Larry Nance's contract is going to be up, and I don't know if like again he might sign for like <laughs> like a hometown discount, but like. You have money coming that's going to be expensive, and so seventeen for for Laurie feels a little rich to me. Okay, what uh, and and part of that caveat was 
if if you had a deal for love like let's say you just could salary dump love onto a team well, and that's, that's, well that's the other thing like what what do you like do you have to are you giving up picks to do that like how, i guess like that's the other thing it's like if you're if you're getting back like a reasonable thing where it's like you can kind of still build with it and it's just like a mismatch of stuff that you can kind of like slide into your roster or whatever like then like maybe you could talk me into it more but i i sort of would need to like know what that is and and how that also works out too what? because you kind of like there's financial like like whatever kevin love gets in now you have to bring back like in money too and like is it going to be i don't think the Cavs are necessarily getting expirings for kevin love i, I just i would be surprised by that. no i don't think the, the- <laughs> Kevin's not going to be traded. Like I think that's safe to say. Like it's nobody's nobody's going to offer you anything of value for Kevin Love at this point. So that was that was just a pure. Yeah, at least not until next. At least not until next summer if he balls out the rest of the season. Like he needs to right. play really yeah. well if he wants to get moved. At 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 a, at a minimum, uh, Kevin Love is getting traded this summer. He, he's not going to get moved by the trade deadline. There's there's just no way that he's going to prove enough to teams to take him on unless. The Cavs are taking another terrible contract back. Which why would you do that? So, um, what what extension number would you feel that Markinen's worth? Not necessarily by the Cavs. Let's just say the Bulls want to extend him because they, it was reported they were four million dollars apart in a starting salary number. What do you think he would be worth either to the Cavs? Like, what would you be comfortable paying him if you were the Cavs? What or what do you think he's ultimately going to get from like Chicago or a different team? Maybe like twelve. To, I think he might get more than this, but I would. I think in that that twelve to fourteen range is probably what I'd be okay. With. See, I think I think he's going to get at least fifteen after this year. I, I fifteen is about as high as I would go. Seventeen in like that's a bonus range is just a little like okay. Because again, like I guess like if you knew the cap was going to go up again, like that's also a little bit different. But like we just need to see what this is going to look like too. Like there are just kind of questions about like what it's going to be. Can I ask you one thing also too about this about this, Greg? What do you think of him as a defender? Uh, <laughs> I I would say that it's a good thing you got Jared Allen. <laughs> so you have that insurance policy yeah. behind him. He's not this. He's never going to be an all world defender. Um, he's he's got tremendous size, but uh, I'd like it if he was a little bit better or a little quicker laterally. Um, I, I I think he's he's good enough to be like a you know, not not a, a weakness in the starting five, but he's never going to be a plus defender, I don't think. No, <laughs> no. Um, intri- I, I think if there's one thing I don't hate is that he's a decent, uh, pretty good defensive rebounder um, for his position, like 72% of defensive, uh, 72nd percentile of defensive rebounds per 75 possessions, according to our friends at B-Ball Index, and then 90th percentile in defensive rebounds per game. So, like you know, you can you could rock with it. You're you're I'm a like the more I'm diving into this, I do and like I watch him play. It's like one of those things where you talk yourself into it a little bit. Um, the shooting certainly would help, especially if the Cavs got young guards are just going to continue to be allergic to three point shooting. Like having a, a pick and pop big, like would be good, especially if it's a little more on the timeline. So yeah, I could talk myself into it. I guess I just want to see what the money would be. Um, and again, like, I think to compare to, and we're not going to dive into him here, but. Like compared to the other one that you wrote about, John Collins, I do think like that the price to get marketing, I think certainly would theoretically should and should be much lower than it would oh, be to yeah. get John Collins. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, it sounds like the Hawks are in or not interested, but would potentially trade Collins. Um, that's kind of the one of the things I wrote about uh, in a recent article was you know if you're Atlanta, 
are you comfortable giving him a max contract when you already have Gallinari at 20 million? You have DeAndre Hunter who can play the four and is playing really well. And he's going to need a big contract. And you have, you know, your center position. You already have two really good centers on your roster. And Collins, you know, that, that basically makes him a full-time power forward. Whereas before he was splitting minutes at center and power forward. Um, you know, how much do you really want to pay him? So I, you know, I kind of wrote it. It wouldn't surprise me to see them shopping him around. I saw the, what the one report was, okay, they want a first round pick that, you know, is in the lottery. Um, if you're the Cavs, I don't think that makes any sense to give up your first round pick, you know, this year, especially when, you know, it could potentially be number one overall. So I don't think it's worth it to do that. Yeah, if, You'd have to have some yeah, sort of if, what top seven, top six protection on it, at least um, at a minimum. I'm, I'm even being stringer. I'm yeah, I'm being even stringer than I think you want to like protect your first round picks at all costs for the Cavs. I, I think you gotta, you gotta be protective of, of those chips. So yeah, I no, I, I like John Collins. I'd, I'd much rather have John Collins and Laurie marketing, but for the, what you would have to give up for him and you'd have to pay him a lot more. And, you know, he's a guy that again, has never been a, a tremendous defender. Uh, he was pretty bad last year. He's been better this year. Um, but, I'd love him on the Cavs. I just think for what you would have to trade for him and the money you'd have to give him, like you said, the context and extension is coming. The Jared Allen is, is going to be on a new deal next year. Oof. Uh, mm-hmm. Your your books could get pretty ugly pretty quick, especially if you still got Kevin Love around. Yeah, I, I think ugly will be interesting because I almost wonder if, like, if I were them, I'd be trying to wait a year for Colin just to kind of, like, delay it and, like, map it out a little bit better. But, like, that's probably a little bit unfair to Colin. And if I'm him, I want to get paid. I, I wonder what the Allen deal ultimately looks like. I think it probably ends up being all right. I the I, One last thing here, if they could also, if, if the Cavs were going to get sneaky here and wanted to, like, maybe, like, if they had to throw in a little more, I'd be okay with this. But, like, you know who I, I think I would, from Chicago, that I would like that could, I think, help this Cavs team as much as I think marketing could help this Cavs team? Thomas Sadaransky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'd be nice to have just a bigger, veteran. Bigger backup point. Bigger. Sure. Yep. Just bigger to have backup just, point guard. Just to have that, move yeah, that, that six-foot-five, like, backup point guard. Um, and, I, you know, for a while, that's that's who they were starting last year, you know, while Kobe White came off the bench. And it seems like, oh, they're committed to Kobe White at as their starting point guard now so you know for sure if we could get a guy like him especially if it doesn't look like matthew delvadova is going to come back anytime soon um you know i'd be all for having a veteran point guard behind darius garland like that yeah i think it'd be fun trade season's coming up we got a lot of time left to go greg schwartz will surely be back on the pod sometime to dive into all of that and more check out his writing at bleacher report greg thanks so much buddy for for hopping on the show today yeah, it was it was kind of nice not having Evan here and just having some personal time between you and me. So, you know, you make sure you cut that part out. But yeah, it was it was good talking to you. No, that Evan, yeah, no, it's staying in. And Greg, <laughs> I cannot wait until we're back in the back in the Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. You're getting ready to drive back to the Northwest Ohio area, and I'm like, are you really about to drink a pop right now? Well, yeah, that's the only way I can stay awake when I have to drive two hours home from Cleveland. So yeah, you're you're an absolute savage, sir. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.